The Big Play Reflog Show is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News has you covered for all your gaming needs with news, guides, walkthroughs, and reviews. Like this week's featured article reviewing the brand new Mario Strikers Battle League soccer game for Nintendo Switch. And stay informed with this week's Shack Chat, where they discuss the biggest announcements that came out last week's at last week's Summer Game Fest. Remember, you can join in on all the conversations by using the Shack News Cortex. So if you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Shack News and at ShackNews.com. It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio, presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world, The Big Play Reflux Show. show i am your host a big play dave alongside my main man mr chris mcneil and gabriella cruz how you guys doing great welcome back gab seems like you haven't been on in a while it's good to have you back on the show yeah thanks for having me hopefully uh you don't have any live footage of my recent golf swing dave Ooh. You didn't hurt yourself, did you, Gab? I'm not really quite sure when we break it down how I didn't uh, tear any ACLs. Gab, who was the person who, I don't know who it was on the internet. but With all the arrows? Red arrows just everywhere. I don't know, but that was freaking hilarious. And you know what? I didn't quite get the the lamp post, 
the reply but then i looked at oh. Chris's still frame and i was like yeah that looks exactly like the lamp from the, the Christmas it's literally frame. like the leg oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh good stuff yeah gab i think we'll take a break from golfing for a while well no this is the time for me to learn you you owe me a trip to top golf all right or the simulator yeah. There we go. We'll get Jimmy Hanlon in the simulator. We will fix that swing. Yeah. And Justin Lauer, too. And Justin Lauer. Yes. We'll get ready a four. There, we got a foursome. We're ready to go. There we go. Chris, you can announce it. <laughs> Beautiful. I appreciate that. I've been relegated to that role now. Shoot. My golf game hasn't fallen that much, Dave. <laughs> I don't know. Last out, and you've got a lot to redeem, Chris. You've got a lot. I know, to but redeem. we were just talking about it today. We've got Ricky's outing coming up. Yep. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think that's August. So I've got a little bit of time here to that's kind right. of figure things out through the summer, come out strong at the end of the summer with my golf game. There we go. Me, you, Gab, and we got to find one more and we're good to go. All right. Let's do it. All so right. You, we've got a what, – what's that, Gab? I said you really want me on your team. You could drive the cart. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right. got a packed show for you guys tonight on the show. Cleveland Headlines brought to you by TSE Cleveland. Uh, then on to our featured interview with Ohio lawyer Pete Patakos talking to Sean Watson. Uh, after that, we'll get into Guardians trivia with who wants to be a billionaire. Uh, and then we will call it a show. Let's get it going with some Cleveland headlines. Cleveland Headlines brought to you by our good friends at TSE Cleveland. They've helped us give away a ton of signed Browns merchandise. So make sure you're following them at TSE Cleveland on Twitter. And keep an eye out for the show tweets for those weekly giveaways. And tonight, TSE is helping us give away a Wyatt Teller signed jersey. And the winner is... Eric Johnson at E Johnson eight six four four another bot. Congratulations, you are taking home the signed Wyatt Teller jersey. Good stuff. All right. Uh, hey, do we have do we have breaking news? I don't uh, know. music. So uh, I've got some breaking news here. I, I I used to on my very, phone, but I don't have it right now. Very pertinent to our interview tonight for oh. Peter Tacos. All right, Pro I can football only think of talk from All Pro right. Football Talk and Mike Florio. Okay, report that just came down eight thirty this evening. Two more lawsuits to be filed against Deshaun Watson, bringing us up to a total of twenty six, folks. Twenty six. Yeah, I don't think they're stopping probably anytime soon. Yeah. So there you go. So a very pertinent and pertinent interview this evening as we explore all of this with Peter Patakos here in uh, Cleveland. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's let's start with some Cleveland Guardians. We'll get into Deshaun Watson because uh, they've been very, very fun to watch. If you haven't been watching, tune in, head to the ballpark, hang out with Gab. They took five of seven on the homestand, some incredible games so i forget which one it was but they're, they're they've been going down to the wire they've been scoring actual runs it's not one nothing it's not two nothing we're seeing some actual runs they've been on a tear 
Gab, what's it been like? What's the atmosphere been down at the ballpark? You know, it's been pretty good. I was really excited that this past homestand, and we're still getting a little bit of odd weather, like the rain came in randomly um, the night that we walked it off. But uh, it's good to see all the people really starting to get behind the team and enjoy themselves at the ballpark, because that's how it should be. This is a really fun, young, exciting team. They're starting to find a groove here. I think the addition of Oscar Gonzalez has really um, just put everybody in a good – we've got a good flow going right now. Yeah, well, I think the youngest team in baseball. Yeah. If not, if not close to it. Uh, so we've got three games versus the Rockies, who stink, starting tomorrow. But after that, we've got 17 straight games against good teams with winning records. So we've got Minnesota twice, uh, the Dodgers before that, and then Boston, and then the Yankees. Chris, how how crucial is this? We're in a crappy division what are your thoughts on the next 17 games here? I don't know if I'd use the term crucial with this type of a team because we're, we're not even into the window of winning right now, I wouldn't <laughs> say, with this team. I mean, this is a young team, right? I, you know, We're younger than a lot of AAA clubs, so it's all about development. So I'll be interested to see how we play against the big boys. You know, Minnesota has not been uh, – well, Minnesota has been – kind of up and down more or less and uh so they're looking to get right back at it and we're gonna have two series with them of course the yankees have been as hot as anything we get to play them right here in cleveland so um it's going to be exciting to see uh when we're playing this good competition and whether you know this team can hold up because it's going to be all about growth and this is going to be another step and what i think is the development of a team that's that's really starting to come together yeah you get I, they're they're giving me Cavs vibes uh, no expectations, super fun team. We're going to start tweeting. They're super duper fun. People are going to get annoyed <laughs> on Twitter, but I, I, there's a lot of parallels to, to these two ball clubs. Definitely. And yeah. I love the fact that um, they just, yeah, they have a good gel. I know it's so cliche to say, but it seems like everybody's having a good time. And then also, I love the fact that Oscar Gonzalez gets the whole crowd going because he walks up uh, to SpongeBob SquarePants. So it's yes. like, are you ready, kids? And like the whole bar- ballpark. Um, it's actually genius like to think that because I feel like it gets everybody involved, not even just the home team. So it's cool. There's a vibe at the ballpark for sure. you got to catch this team in action. That's awesome. We're only three games back. I mean, three yeah. games back. Yeah. Right? We're and hovering Minnesota. Game against Minnesota. You have a chance to really do something. So it, it's going to be fun. You know, even if we go out and lay an egg in these games, we still got a good young team. But I, I really have some confidence in this team. You never know. One of the things that you, you give a young team hope and, and you never know what's going to happen. And right now they've got a lot of hope with what they've put together, a lot of positivity going on there. So. It's good to see. It's good to see. And Gab, you mentioned the vibe down at the ballpark. We had some Browns players. The offensive line crew was hanging yes. out in a suite down there. Little team bonding activity. Our uh, our friend Carly Teller tweeted out or put it on TikTok or something. A video of the Cleveland Browns offensive linemen <laughs> and their walk-up songs. Speaking of walk-up songs, uh, I believe Wyatt Teller was going Garth Brooks, not Chris oh, Gaines. Wow. Blake Hans, I uh, believe he said, girls just want to have fun. Nice. <laughs> Keeping with the vibe. Gab, if you were a batter, what would your walk-up be? 
Uh, it would probably be. What, what are my songs? Ones? I put you on the spot. Well, yeah. You wanna, which... No, you want to know what's funny though? Don't ask me why. Do not ask me why. But for the longest time, I just really loved the song "Pimping All Over the World." <laughs> And I always said, I'm like, that would be my welcome song. <laughs> I don't know. I just like the sound of it. It's like, oh, yeah. The fancy cars, the women in the caviar. Like, it doesn't, I don't know why. It's just like a fun, upbeat. But the lyrics, it doesn't make any sense for me to have that walk-up song. But um, Pimping All Over the World, if it wasn't one of my originals, obviously. There we go. <laughs> We've got Pete in the green room just taking notes on these walk-up songs. We will be joined by Pete Patagos here momentarily. Chris, walk-up song. You're walking up to the plate. What are you going with? Nine Inch Nails Closer. I've always wow. said that. Yeah. Trent All right. Local boy. I like that. Not many people attribute that to him, you know, being a local boy, but uh, he is. And uh, Nine Inch Nails Closer, though. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's not one with the kids at the ballpark, but that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> SpongeBob to nine inch nails. What could go wrong? What's yours? What's yours, Dave? Uh I would go I would go A C D C shoot to thrill. That's my favorite oh, song wow. of all time. Or I would just go full nerd and just go with the Avengers theme song. <laughs> oh boy. You are one of the two. <laughs> Complete nerd. Yeah. Have you seen the new Jurassic Park yet? I have not. I have not seen Top Gun. I haven't seen Jurassic Park. I haven't seen I've I've been to the theater. I haven't been to either of those either. I hear Top Gun, yes. Jurassic Park, no. That's that's what everybody. Yeah, that seems that seems pretty fair. Yeah. All right. Um, we got mandatory mini camps coming up. Chris, is there a special group within this team that you're excited to see? We've got a lot of new players. Yeah, you know, you're going to want to see the offense, whether they're all on the same page. I'd say, um, obviously, with Baker not there and us moving on. Um, kind of see some of the new look defense as well. Um, but once again, Dave, and we're going to talk about this a lot. I just want to get through this off season. I want to get to the season, stay healthy out there. Don't have anything freak, anything Browns ish happen to us in this off season. And just let's get to the regular season. Don't so. have anything Browns happen in the off season. It's been an off season already. <laughs> Uh, any more than it already has. We don't need to just keep adding to our problems by having injuries or anything freak happen during these OTAs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we shall see. Um, and we'll see if Deshaun Watson's out there. We have no idea. But we are going to bring in Pete Patakos of, I'm, I'm going to say, of ClevelandFrowns.com because that website goes way back. Used to read it a long, long time ago. We are bringing in Pete here momentarily. Stay tuned. All right, today on the what is that? Where are we? Uh, Pete broke everything. <laughs> well, there we are. We found him. Uh, there he is. Oh, there you go. <laughs> today that line. Attorney and founder of ClevelandFrowns.com, Mr. Pete Patakos, or as the national pundits used to say when you were talking about the Indians, Pete Patakos. Welcome <laughs> to the Big Play Reflog Show, my friend. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. So you, you've been 
pretty vocal in your defense of Deshaun Watson out on the internet. So for those who haven't seen your tweets, uh, haven't looked at the article yet, breaking it all down, kind of kind of summarize your your stance on Deshaun uh, with some of this background. Sure. And before I do that, let me say, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not um, I'm not. I, <laughs> I blogged for a long time about Cleveland sports. Um, I yeah. used to have a, maintain a very active blog um, talking about the Browns. And as you know, Dave, um, over the last 10 years or so, the internet has changed and so has my life. And I don't really blog about the Browns like I used to. I have a very busy law practice. And in my law practice, um, mm-hmm. I have a very diverse law practice in that I am one of the few lawyers around, for better or worse, who has represented and will represent sex abuse victims in high-profile cases, and I will also represent those falsely accused. I have won jury trials uh, on behalf of defendants who were falsely accused of not just sexual assault, but rape. Um, And I got to say, Dave, I know what a smear campaign looks like. And as a Browns fan, and frankly, just as a citizen, I've been following this Deshaun Watson story. You know, at first I'm following it from from 30,000 feet like any ordinary citizen would. Sure. And, you know, as as these allegations keep piling up and the story keeps keeps coming out, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think this just doesn't add up because I'm thinking back to what was happening before these allegations started to surface. And, you know, then I started to have my doubts about this story even before Deshaun was signed with the Browns. And then, of course, you know, he signs with the Browns and then now the story's in my backyard. And frankly, um, as as an attorney and somebody who believes in justice, who believes in the importance of truth, I felt compelled to speak out because the narrative on this has gotten so far out of control. So, so that's my preface. God knows I don't need the work. I'm busy enough and, you know, I'm not chasing page views. I know (laughs) (laughs) at some point, you know, if you, if you believe in justice and you care about the truth and you're competent enough to, to recognize that, that everything seems off about this, you know, I, I feel like a duty is sort of falling on me to speak out about this. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm frankly blessed to be in a position where I can say these things without having the professional fallout that, say, maybe a New York Times reporter or ESPN talking heads would not be able to do, if that makes sense. So, sure. Uh, Pete, yeah. can you elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by everything feels off about this? Go ahead and give us the yeah. context for what you mean by that. So first of all, and and this is what people don't remember, is what was going on, not just in Houston, Texas, not just within the Texans organization, but in the headlines of national NFL press right before these allegations started to surface. And that is Deshaun Watson making, creating a complete, public relations disaster for the Houston Texans by his 
publicly questioning the management there and forcing, he was literally forcing his way out of town. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew Deshaun wasn't happy in Houston. And he was really, it was unprecedented to have a young, and particularly a young black quarterback, but really take the race out of it. To have a young quarterback who was going into his fifth year had just signed a, a an extremely lucrative contract. I don't remember if it was the biggest contract that a fifth year quarterback had signed, but it was in the conversation. And there were a couple of issues. Number one, there was uh, the the former Texans owner who has since passed away. That is Bob McNair had made that infamous statement about Kaepernick kneeling. And, and saying to the press, well, we don't want the inmates running the asylum. Right. And that, that upset players. There was a lot of solidarity about that among the players. And not only did McNair say that, he doubled down on it right before he died. And that was, that was creating a problem for Deshaun Watson saying, you know, I'm I'm a young black quarterback with unprecedented star power and people are pressuring him to speak out. Well, then another thing happened that has really flown under the radar is that after Bob McNair passed away and his son Cal wasn't really known as a saint in this regard either. And I think people assume the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. He had had his own dust ups and, and that's linked in some of my posts about this. But I think the most uh, the most salient thing here is that the Texans had a vacant GM spot open and they hired a high profile consulting firm to identify candidates for that GM position. And that consulting firm identified as the top two candidates, two black men. And, you know, for, for again, for better or worse, the Texans hired a white man who wasn't one of the top two. And I don't know how it got out. I don't know how it leaked, but this has been reported in the Washington Post. And Deshaun Watson was was at this point even more upset and even more under pressure to speak out. So right before these accusations hit, there was a report in the Washington Post. And the, the title of this post was Deshaun Watson is taking a stand against disingenuous NFL owners. And this was dated, I'm pull it up right here. This is dated February 1st, 2021. It's a it's an opinion column. And the statements in here are, are remarkable. And frankly, they're explosive for national press to be saying these things. This report credits Deshaun Watson for having sparked, and this is a quote, a player awakening that owners should acknowledge and respect rather than trivialize the men who enliven the sport. This report also described the Texans organization as dysfunctional, particularly unstable, and characteristic of the NFL's preset dehumanization. While Watson, in contrast, is described in this report as, quote, thinking deeply about systemic inequality and wanting to be as far away from the Texans as he can get. This is a star quarterback who was beloved in the city. And this was an unprecedented PR nightmare and disaster for the Texans owners. Um, but what did he, what did he do? So, I, I don't remember what he actually did there. You, you, you have a lot of descriptions and opinion pieces, you know, yeah. about what they think he's doing. 
But what did he do? Oh, that's did a good he come question. Out with any statements? That's a good question, and I don't, I don't really know how much it matters because the fact is, if this is getting published in the Washington Post, it's what people think he's saying. I think that this report, and again, you can look it up. It's February first, twenty twenty-one. Again, it's in the Washington Post. The title is Deshaun Watson is taking a stand against disingenuous NFL. But what did he do? How did he take a stand? I don't remember him taking a stand, to be fair. Well, that's the thing. Not a lot of people do remember it because this is the kind of thing that doesn't tend to get reported or tends to not get reported. I think if someone takes a stand, it definitely gets reported. Can you you marry it for us, how what you just said um, equals a smear campaign? Are you suggesting that the Houston Texans owners started to plant 66 female masseuses across four different states and ask them to lie about something to smear his name? Sure. Uh, well, first, yeah, I'll say what, just give us context to, to how you just elaborated on him um, being upset with the maybe dysfunctional part of the team and how that even relates to the, the smear campaign conspiracy theory that you're bringing up. So, first of all, I think it's important to note that there are not 66 women accusing Deshaun Watson of committing misconduct. Yes. Well, that's what's been reported. No, that's not what's been reported. What's been reported is that he visited 66 masseuses over a certain period of time, but only 24 of them are accusing him of misconduct. Well, 26 are doing 26 lawsuits. Now, 26, well, 26 hour. are going ahead and doing lawsuits. But that doesn't mean that misconduct was, you know what I'm saying? How about this? Let's look at the facts. Would you say that the normal, do you work in professional sports? No, you're a lawyer. Are you a woman? No. Have you ever gotten DMs? No. From sports players? No. So let me just ask you, do you think that it's normal for a professional athlete who has all of that set up through his team to reach out through Instagram, a very casual, not professional platform and, and target all female masseuses. Do you think that that's a normal behavior? Let me just ask you that. I do. do you think that that's I a do. normal behavior? And, and 66 yeah. over the course of 17 months. You would say that that's normal and you can pinpoint multiple athletes within the NFL world, Major League Baseball, NBA. You think that's the norm? Just here's just say, I, just, I'm just asking, do you think that's the norm? Here's what I can tell you. Here's what I, here's what I know is the norm. So you don't think that's the norm is what no, you're we're, implying. Here's what I think is the norm. And you asked me what I do for my job. I work as an attorney on both sides of these cases. And what I can tell you is that young athletes, young athletes, especially young athletes who are in a position to earn a lot of money or who are earning a lot of money are being groomed. And this is another part of the story that is not being reported and is not being examined. I can tell you from my firsthand experience. Are being groomed for what? Please let me talk. Are being groomed for what though? I don't don't want to be talked over. I didn't come on this show to be talked over. Well, just clarify for us because our listeners want to know. You ask me a question. Let me answer the question, okay? This is a fraught subject. I don't want to be hit here with propaganda. I'm not being propaganda. I'm I'm clarifying for those who don't understand what you just said by that I work with athletes and they're all being groomed. Groomed for what? Just, many just all I'm athletes, saying is clarify. Many athletes are being groomed to use masseuses for and, and to have masseuses satisfy their sexual needs. 
This I is would love to have some evidence on that. If you don't have evidence to support that, what you just said was an opinion. Proceed. I, I think that I, I do have evidence on this. And I think this. You have your Watson opinion case. based on your own experiences. That is not evidence. You have your own opinion based on experiences with your with your law practice. But that is definitely <laughs> not. I don't think you know what evidence is. And I think that this Deshaun Watson Neither do case, you. <laughs> my, my experience and track record uh, uh, conclusively demonstrates to the contrary, as does the grade that I got in evidence class at Northwestern Law School. But <laughs> thank you. Grades uh, mean a lot. They mean everything. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say that either. Um, but I'm asking for a, a, a little patience with an answer to a, a question that you're asking me that is complex. I think that anyone who is in sports, any athlete, anyone who is involved with big time professional sports knows that these athletes, particularly at a certain age, particularly up and coming athletes, commonly pay masseuses for sex. I think that that and, and what we're seeing with Watson is that is the most reasonable inference that can be drawn from the evidence in this case that what Deshaun got caught up in is paying for sex and not having, not getting his uh, sexual needs met in an organic way. And there are, uh, and, and I have very good reason to believe and firsthand knowledge that this happens when these young men are in college. When these men are at these big time programs, they are being trained by their agents, by their handlers, by their coaches to, do it this way. And I don't know why, I don't necessarily know why. I feel like part of it is a control issue. And certainly you can draw the inference that this has helped the McNairs control the Deshaun Watson story. But I think you look at every single thing about, uh, every single thing you see about this Deshaun Watson story, everything about the allegations, the inferences that you can draw, the most reasonable ones are that Deshaun Watson was paying masseuses for sex and that there was a very well-organized network of masseuses who were offering these services. Now, obviously, it's a fraught situation. And obviously, they're, they're operating within the gray area of the law, which is what allows a narrative like this to turn the way it has. So, look, uh, it's very difficult to come up with concrete proof of this. But I think that if you speak with enough people and if you do enough research, and frankly, if there were journalists out there who were interested in getting to the truth, this is the angle they would be exploring. So they would be exploring the generalization that coaches in college groom their athletes to, to go solicit sex from masseuses, is what you just said. I would say that, it, look, what I would say is I wouldn't say it that way. I would say that they would be pursuing the angle of just how common it is for pro athletes and people who operate in these elite circles to access sex for money. So is it college or pro? Because there's a, both. Now, I would okay. I would say it's both. And it's in college, I would say it's at the higher levels. But you said that you believe that they're being groomed to seek that out by their coaches Coaches, handlers, um, you know, I think the coaches are probably. What do the coaches, involved. what do the coaches get from that by saying, hey, Jimmy, why don't you get skip, skip the free massage from all of our Cleveland Clinic uh, staff and, and just go get your massage 
from an Instagram person? So, so first of all, I don't think this is a good thing. I don't think this is a good thing. I don't think I'm not I'm not arguing in defense of this. I'm saying that it happens. And I think that the people that groom the players this way, what they get out of it is they get control. Agents get control. Coaches get control. Uh, uh, owners get control, etc. To um, and, and I think the narrative goes something like this. It's something like, hey, look, man, you don't need you don't need these kind of distractions now. You don't need the distraction of a woman. You don't need the distraction of falling in love. Just go this way. Here's some masseuses. They'll take care of you. You stay focused on the field. Dude, I'm sorry, but this theory is just so far out for me, especially from someone who has competed at the D1 level and, and was friends with a lot of athletes. Like, I just never... I never heard through the grapevine anything like this. I did hear, you know, people taking sign and stuff they shouldn't have been, taking gifts they shouldn't have been, taking plane rides they shouldn't have been. Ain't nobody that I knew personally did I hear anything about this. And so why, I, would they, why, I, would they, why would they, where'd you go to school? Uh, Syracuse. Why I, I just, they, why, why would they talk about it with you? Because uh, we're friends. We're in the same friend group. We hear tons of stuff. You would think that between the athletes, it would trickle down. We'd hear about it. Because we hear we heard about everything else. I'm just curious and fascinated, actually, that you put on the table. It's actually so out of left field. Like I can't even think that you you genuinely think that starting at the college level, coaches think they're going to be more efficient and have more control of their athletes by guiding them into the direction of seeking massages from not their team. I, I just don't see how any of that, no offense, Pete, makes like logical sense. Yeah, again, or how you have, or I'm how not you saying have that it's necessarily that. coaches in all cases. I think this is the sort of thing that just like with the money, but so, so you acknowledge that this happens with money. You acknowledge that this happens with payments. It's From not an really individual that, player standpoint. Really, yeah, because they want that, what they want, but it's not that far of a leap. The it's grooming, I think grooming is extra. I, I, I don't know. I think grooming from coaches and handlers is a little bit of a leap. I'm encouraging you to open your mind and uh, I'm encouraging you to open your, your proof, like your, your, your search for evidence there, because I, I, I have no idea where you're going off of, especially for someone who's never been in that atmosphere or competed at that level. Like, why I do don't, think, why do you think the Texans gave him an NDA? You tell me, I don't know. You, oh, you, oh, you think that is it, you're talking about the NDA for all of the masseuses or. Yes, the Texans, the Texans security guard uh, that dropped the NDA. This was in the New you York don't Times think, report. Right, but you don't think, okay, so a security guard gave him an NDA. You don't think that the security guard felt pressured from him? From how Deshaun high, Watson? How high on the totem pole is a security guard? How far, how high on the totem pole? I forget what they said this guy was. He used to have a high level government job. I mean, the guy's the guy's a high level front. He's the director of a security for an NFL team. That's a pretty big job. So, what's your what, bigger job than you've ever had? I'm I'm sure of that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be personal, sure. <laughs> that's that's non topical, as you would say in the courtroom. But go ahead, know. go ahead and tell us what the point of what you just said was. Why would that matter? And what are you what are what jump are you trying to make? You're asking about evidence and and what evidence there is that um, NFL players are, con are regularly or that it's a common occurrence for elite athletes to pay to have their sexual needs satisfied. 
the fact that uh, director of has an EA ready hand to a player is some evidence that this is the case. It's not. It's it's not compelling. It's not the most compelling evidence. It's, it's not. not um, there, there's still a jump. There's a lot yeah. that has to be. You're sewing it together on your own. There. It's called an inference. It's called an inference, and what what inferences are? What is it so hard for you to infer that people in a position of power and being entitled and being an athlete have the advantage to take advantage of other people, including sending manipulative d- direct messages that allude to the fact that they're just looking to support black businesses? Mm-hmm. That behavior is manipulative in nature. That is not an outright "Hey, I'm going to pay you for sex." Is that okay? That's not the same thing as what you're even suggesting. This is someone who has a distinct pattern of behavior. Maybe it's not all criminal, but the point of the matter is in in violence education, which is what I'm a part of, that's a very, we call these patterns. It's a repeated pattern of behavior. I mean, you can't refute that. Maybe they're not all criminal, but we know that we have textual evidence when we know that we have textual evidence of him reaching out to all females over that span of time um, we know that there's at minimum, this is someone who's trying to look to push the boundaries on some people who are not expecting it. It's not the same as saying, Hey, I'm upfront about this. I'd like to sneak around and pay for sex because I don't get those needs met because I can't get those needs met. Cause I'm a professional athlete and I have money and fame and it's all at my fingertips anyway. So if you, if you think that, if you think that something like this happens, first of all, the inference is that Deshaun expects to pay for sex from these women. I think that's that's what the inference is. I don't think that um, I don't think that anyone I don't think that can really be reasonably debated. I think that the inference is that Deshaun expected that these women would these women would consent to this sexual activity. But pushing but expecting sexual, expecting pushing. someone to consent is not the same. Expecting someone to consent consent is not the same as consent. No, that's right. But but here's the point you're missing is that pushing boundaries in conversations in in asking someone for sex or soliciting sex. That's, that's not what, what these reports said. Not, not when you grab point. someone's hands and not when you sh- and you tell someone and you get aggressive with it. That's not the same as first of all, not all of these are conversations. He it was well documented in multiple, multiple documents well, three, that I believe three of the accusers are saying he even touched them at all. Well, that's right. What do you think about that? Do you think that that's normal? Do you think that that's normal? Do I think that if a person because what you uh, just said uh, before it, was it, it's not uncommon for people to push boundaries in conversation? Okay, well, no, that's it's not-, not, and I think it's probably especially uncommon for a superstar NFL quarterback who has nine figures in his bank account to expect that he's going into a situation where a young lady is going to be willing to have sex with him and push those boundaries. I do think that that is something that, uh, especially if he's been groomed by his handlers, his trainers, his managers, whoever else to expect this, then I do think that that's I'm, normal. Now, now, is it right? Is it right if Deshaun Watson is assaulting women? Even even if you could conclude, assume everything that the three women that are alleging touching, assuming that the three women that are alleging that he actually touched them, assume everything they're saying is true. 
Well, wait, he touched, I mean, there was physical him. contact in more than three. You're I, saying that he in, initiated in three. You're saying that, oh, well, only three, they could tell that, oh, well, he was the one being forceful about it. Well, only three of the accusers. Are but also that. we're not including the people. That's not including the people that were blindsided by the fact that he started asking for these favors and had to feed their kids at home these and maybe went through with it because they were blindsided. First of all, you're, you're approaching this, you know, one, in some, some of them, some of them were one woman left and he didn't pay her the other half of what he owed her. This was a, a woman who she was a mom of two kids. He mm-hmm. sent her back and said, Nope, you don't get the rest of your paycheck because you're yeah. leaving out on me. That's yeah. that's so what do you mean? What do I mean by what I, I can? Here's one inference that I think everybody listening to this program can make is that you've come into this conversation with your pre you already have your opinions. You I don't I'm, I'm well read and I'm looking for I'm I'm grasping for something of validity from what you have said. But I think it's so far out that you think that he's been groomed and it's and that college athletes have been groomed by their coaches and handlers to to uh, seek out sex from they need to seek out sex that needs to be paid for by like I, I I don't know how we get there that's all I'm saying if it was compelling I would be like all right yeah okay but I don't see even like how I, I mean even from working in professional sports and and hearing so many stories especially among female reporters it's like we know we've seen we've heard we share stories we know it's really not it's more obvious to just think that this is someone who has a platform and it has been said yes to his entire life he there is an entitlement factor and he takes advantage maybe it's someone who simply can't separate porn from reality like he gets out there and he's like well you know what maybe i could scoot away with this after all like i'm allowed to because i i'm i am who i am I think that just like makes more sense than to infer that like there's this whole scheme going on that the Texans, since he wasn't, since he criticized the um, front office or whatever, they must have schemed this whole thing. Uh, women from four different states and uh, for 17 months worth of all these different people. Like, how do you how do you come up with that rather than just like maybe this is just a dude with a a distinct pattern of behavior? Is it all criminal? Probably not. Do we have a moral compass issue? Maybe. Well, let me ask you this. Putting women in compromised positions over and over again. You're raising two. You're raising two. Look, there was I think it's extremely reasonable to say, of course, there was a pattern of behavior here. I, I think that it would be very hard to deny. Yes. Yes. There's a pattern of behavior here. The question is, what is that pattern of behavior? And as you know, and I know you disagree, (laughs) the most reasonable inference, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people agree with me here, is that pattern of behavior was that Deshaun Watson expected to be able to pay these masseuses for sex, for whatever reason. Call it entitlement or call it um, experience. That Deshaun Watson was engaged, was used to engaging in consensual transactions. So from there, I I have two questions I want to ask you. Um, You use the word consensual, but I don't know that that's contextual because you can't assume that all of them are consensual. But go ahead. No, you can't assume that they're not either. So we have to make inferences. Yeah. So so if you you err on the side of not, then you can't. So, I mean, I I mean, I mean, not for I'm not saying we should err on the side of not for all of them, but I'm saying if there's a pile of of all of them and and a good portion are not, I mean, doesn't that make, are we not looking at this is wrong? 
we're having a conversation about whether it is wrong or not. And what I'm suggesting is, and look, there, there, <laughs> what I'm suggesting is, look, it, it, we need to look at all the facts to decide whether it was wrong or not, because there is a way to look at these facts <laughs> that makes this not nearly as wrong as it's being presented as. And this is what I want to ask you is assuming that the, the allegations of the three or four women that are saying that he actually touched them, there's no allegations of violence. There's no allegations that he raped any of them. At most, he creeped them out. He touched their hand and tried to move it somewhere. You know, there's some, there's one allegation about him ejaculating. I, I don't think that's very credible, but even if you believe that, do you think this guy, and just assume for a moment, because I think you have to agree that it's at least possible that this is the case. It's at least distinctly possible that Deshaun Watson went, was, was used to getting, having sexual favors that he paid for from so-called masseuses. And that there's a network of masseuses that provide these services. In fact, we know that it, there are networks of masseuses that provide these services because Bob Kraft, the Patriots owner, went to just such a network. So let's not pretend. But, but masseuses, masseuses is not the same as what you're alluding to with Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft went to masseuses. It was a massage parlor that Bob Kraft went to. So. This is a comp masseuse masseuse parlor. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure didn't what he sought out was explain what he sought out because it, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go back. It was a massage parlor. Yeah, there's about that. zero difference between yeah, between was, where where well, Craft was. It, it was an established retail location as opposed to I would say Instagram and going to DMs, which is what Deshaun Watson's mo was. So I think there is a distinction. There. Yeah, because I think the difference is if oh, there's oh. an established institution for that, okay, and then if there's let me reach out to X number of people on Instagram and say that I'm looking to support small I just can't I just can't see how you how you're not going to acknowledge the manipulative part about it is all you're well, you're saying that um it's just a little more straightforward that he was used to seeking out and paying for well then why was it and, and you you claimed even that there's networks there's networks of people set up to do this how could you possibly generalize that for each individual woman from all different locations, keep in mind, these aren't big names. These are small, you know, it's not an, a, a big name institution, well-known. These are small people looking to get their business going, looking to have a big time client, maybe some of them, and maybe not all of them. Cause like what you said, sure, maybe this all isn't criminal activity, but that's not the point. The point is if there's a repeated pattern of behavior and he's going to continue putting women in compromising situations, like, how do we feel about that as supporters? How do we feel about that as people who want him to be a leader? How do we feel about that, about people who expect him to use his platform to, to use his behavior to be a role model for young, for young boys, young up and coming boys? How do we change wow. that cycle of, of athletes thinking they're here and women are here? I let mean, me, do we want me, to, do we want you. that cycle to continue? Do we want that person to be the face of our organization? That's the question. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back and forth with you about what's already been happened in the court. You know, like we've already seen, okay, maybe not all of this behavior is in the court of law. Well, first of all, this is worth talking about very difficult crimes to prove regardless. I mean, only a small, small percent of these, he said, she said 
types of cases even go to trial, even, I mean, overwhelmingly the majority, and I'm sure you already know this, it's so impossible to prove with evidence because who walks in thinking, oh, I should set up a camera for this unless you're already planning to do a drop a Kim Kardashian. Nobody's going to have the evidence to, to, to go to court and be like, dude, this dude got weird. It's going to be hard to prove regardless. So it's really a matter of like, from a moral standpoint, you know, how are, how are we going to ask folks to, to support this guy? And a lot of times it's going to be this argument about, well, we got to separate the athlete from our fandom, blah, 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 blah. And then we go down that trail. But, but where we started was you think that he's been groomed by coaches and handlers to go seek out sex from masseuses. And that's very common. And that people at the college level start doing that. And that coaches at the college level are even pushing their guys to go pick out sex uh, from masseuses, which I think is just like an out there um, notion. Okay. Well, I can tell you from my firsthand experience, I know this happens at power five schools, so you can think it's out there or not. But besides that, let's, let, let's go back. You, you're asking questions about what if it more- does happen. How come we haven't seen more of this in the news? Cause stuff does get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, once stuff leaks stuff, shit happens. Shit hits the fan. We've seen yeah, it at Penn state it. with the coaches. We've seen it. Uh, We've we've seen this before, where if something Sean Watson, we're if something right now, we're I'm saying it. no, no, I'm saying if something leaks and there's something's gone awry, usually it 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 grows and expands, it gets bigger. We dig deeper, we find a little bit more out. So how well, come we're not seeing more? If you're if you're saying that this is such common practice that coaches groom athletes, how come we haven't seen a little bit more leaks? Well, because you're, I think the, I think the first very easy answer to that question is that. There was no athlete that was creating problems for the ownership class like Deshaun Watson was in February of of 2021. It was unprecedented. The power that Deshaun Watson was, the the power that Deshaun Watson's voice had, the power that Deshaun Watson was exercising as a worker over owners. So I think that's a very easy answer to you. But what do you say about athletes, other athletes who've gotten in trouble and there had nothing to do with um, that, like, Oh, he criticized our ownership. Yeah, what about Jameis Winston? What about uh, Johnny Manziel? What about people who've who've also committed some some types of stuff and and it didn't have to do with oh well there it's a big smear campaign because he's an athlete and he criticized the organization and that's why that's why we have found a distinct pattern of re- repeated pattern of behavior. They've never had to get this desperate before as they did with Deshaun. Uh, again, I, you're you're really underestimating and not not appreciating just what a crisis it was for the Texans owners. That's why I want to emphasize that everybody should go back and read this Washington Post report. But even if you believe the worst of what these three, four ladies say, that Deshaun grabbed their hands, none of them ever said he got violent. And ultimately – all of these interactions, even the ones where Deshaun actually violence doesn't his have hand. to constitute assault. Why is it that you can't let me finish a question? Why why can't you just hear me out? Because you're moment, putting please? words in my mouth, bro. I never said he was violent, sure. so why are you gonna say that? Well, well, okay, okay. So I'm <laughs> don't infer that one because I never use those words. So misconduct he... and assault. Misconduct and assault. Okay, but not violence. So we admit there's no violence. And at most, three women are saying that he even touched them. Let's just assume, just assume 
okay, Deshaun Watson was in the habit, had a pattern of activity of paying for sex. Of oh my paying, god, but you're and, you're being hypothetical again. I am being hypothetical. I'm asking you to consider a hypothetical. It's okay. what we it's what we do as humans, it's what we do as lawyers. It's a, it's an important part of making moral decisions is considering hypotheticals. Assume that Deshaun Watson was paying women for sex and was in, and was used to having masseuses accept payment for sex. And that say in three or four of these interactions, it got awkward and these women didn't want to and they didn't understand and they didn't go along with it. So, okay, hence we have these accusations. And now Deshaun Watson realizes, okay, well, shoot, wow, I'm being called out for this now. And say he never does it again. And, and, you know, one may reasonably infer that Deshaun Watson, how old is the guy now? Is he 26, 27? Yeah. That's... Yep. Yeah. So say Deshaun is a 26 or 27-year-old, has learned a lesson like, you know, God knows, 26 or 27-year-old people do all the time. 28, 29, 30, 31, 32-year-old people, especially people with unprecedented wealth and power. And he's like, well, damn. This whole paying paying masseuses for sex thing, I I was really flying close to the sun on this. I I <laughs> they got me. I really can't do this anymore. My God, I I certainly never intended to hurt these ladies. And boy, well, I've learned now. And now I've got all these lawsuits against me, and people are trying to destroy my career. You know, say say he admits it. Say he admits it that that was the worst. Yes, of we got it. Yes. Uh huh. Do you, do you believe this guy should never work in the NFL again? Do you believe this guy? doesn't deserve uh, a second chance. Okay. So you're bringing up a good point. Are we saying, does this guy not deserve to work in the NFL, not deserve a second chance? Here's my question to you. I asked you a question and you're already giving me another question. Yeah. Because what, okay. Well, you want me to answer that? Yes. Here's what, here's what I think about it. If what we know about people who have a repeated pattern of abusive behavior and take abusive in the sense of manipulating and taking advantage of, because there is a distinct pattern of that. At, we can't prove that at every masseuse he reached out to, he was up front and said, hey, I'm used to paying for sex and I would like it in the form of a massage therapist, um, a third party. And are you cool with that? That's not how this went down. So so uh, eliminate the hypothetical that, that, that it was straightforward and every woman knew exactly what she was getting into. That's not the case. More... What's more and more looking like, no, no, I'm not. Read the documents. Read the documents. I, I went and I read a bunch of them. And what we, I mean, it's the same with, if you look at the cycle of violence, or if you look at anyone who's been a sexual predator, there is a pattern. It's, it's, called the, it's called the cycle of violence because there's a repeated pattern of behavior. Normal people don't repeat a distinct pattern of behavior and then just stop one day. So your hypothetical, it's just not fit any kind of trend in the field of violence study, sexual violence, domestic violence at all. What you said just does not factually fit with anyone who's had a repeated pattern of behavior. It's not to say no, 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 no. It's not to say no one can change. It's not to say people don't deserve second chances, but it's, but already if he's denying his actions and not taking accountability, then that's not someone who's willing to change, is it? What we're saying is he needs a consequence. Uh, no one here, not me, said, oh, he deserves to never work a day in the NFL. I don't know about that. 
I'm not going to make any large, I don't know. I'm not God. I think he needs a consequence though. Cause what message does it send? If we're just going to say, Hey, yeah, uh, let's continue this cycle of athletes, um, thinking they're here and treating women like they're down here. It's how not a positive world, cycle. How in the world has he not suffered a consequence? He didn't work. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he was off work for a year because of these accusations. How's you, that not a consequence? How's that, how's that not enough for you? How's that not enough for you? If the most that he's done, and, and look, you're, you keep you keep assuming it's abuse. You keep going. No. It's like you're auditioning for a job at ESPN. No. It's wild. No, I'm not. <laughs> no. I literally said multiple times, even if not all of these are criminal behaviors, we know that there's a pattern of him getting what alone with women. What if none of them are? What if none of them are? What well, if, now it's you're, just, listen, what I, if it's I, just a pattern? What if it's just a pattern of a so man? Now we want to be hypothetical again. We want to be, I don't think it's worth our time to be hypothetical and keep saying, well, what if nothing happened? So you mean there to say, what if, what if 66, what if 66 masseuses we fabricated when we already have textual evidence? It's not worth our time to hypothetical when, when we already know that those things happen or we already you know, know that he reached things, out to X things, number of people. We already know from documents that he, I'm saying, what what's it worth our time to say oh it's let's what if hypothetically none of this happened what do you mean by that like we we already have I'm saying, evidence hypothetically that look look whatever 60 you keep saying 66 there are 26 i, I didn't there are 26 accusers okay there are 26 women that are lining up for this lawsuit okay so that were bold enough 26 women that were bold enough to line up for this lawsuit which it takes a lot of guts and a lot of balls to do because remember i mean first of all this is the most unreported type of crime when you're talking about sexual assault cases so i mean just i'm putting it into context he reached out to at least that's what's documented 66 different women that doesn't mean they're all criminal it doesn't mean they're all wasn't some of those might have been consensual, sure. But we we know the reason I keep bringing that up is because it reiterates and validates the fact that there is a repeated pattern of behavior. And he gets alone with these women and, and it's a boundary test for him. What can I get away with right now? What can I manipulate? What can I bribe? So, uh, he would buy different shampoos from the one lady like because he was doing he was doing odd things to smooth it over when he made people feel uncomfortable and stuff. It's, it's manipulative. It's perpetrator like behavior. So I, I just, I just can't get on board with like your idea that it was like a upfront. He was, he was very matter of fact about this uh, to, to just go pay for sex through these masseuses and that everyone was on board and everyone knew what was coming. That's not the case. We have somebody with a repeated pattern of perpetrator like behavior. That's what we got. <laughs> so when you to go back to your original question, because that's what matters, not hypotheticals here, because we already know that the hypothetical is is no longer. We know that there's yeah, real so, stuff you're, that's you're, been you're, documented. You're saying repeated pattern of behavior. And what I'm saying, and, and the, the, frank, frankly, this is a fact. This is why there have been no grand jury indictments, surely. Grand jury indictments is irrelevant. And you should know that. You know who else doesn't get gr ind indicted by grand juries? Police who are police officers, in yeah, That's who kill unarmed black men. Very well coached on this. No, so, I'm just all I'm saying is I've done a little reading, and so like if you get offended by the fact that we can't have an interactive conversation, then that's not my problem. Okay, so you keep saying repeated pattern of behavior, and the fact is the evidence only shows the only repeated pattern of behavior is Deshaun Watson engaging women for massages and. And again, it's reasonable. No, to no, we use a repeated pattern expected. of saying things like I'm here to support black business. No, no, bud. No, 
You're missing it. Yeah. There's a repeated you're, pattern of behavior of him pattern. of of him of him text texting and and Instagram messaging misleading types of requests. That's not the same as what you just told me. Have you ever paid anyone for sex before? No. Have you ever known anyone that's paid for sex before? Why does this matter? Have you ever defended anyone who's, well, it's just funny. You seem to think that Instagram messages about paying for sex would be, oh, hey, I want to pay you for sex. Like, that's just no, not how right. it works. No, 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 but people, no, 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 but no, no, no. But how about, take the money out of it then. Pete, take the money out of it then. How about people who just want the sex and they don't feel like they want to pay for it? How about people who just want sex and don't feel like, because a lot of athletes want any, sex, but they don't feel like they want to pay for it. I don't think anybody's saying that. So that's odd it. that that's odd that you would even say that because first of all, we're talking to, we're, we're assuming that most athletes just think that, oh, I should be paying for it. Most of them think that they don't need to pay for it. <laughs> most of them just get it anyway. And, and they, they flirt in the DMS and they get to the point, Hey, you want the pipe as J.R. Smith says, okay? Like that's literally to to be honest. I mean, yeah, that is how it goes. Do you think well, anyone's gonna misconstrue that? Where Deshaun Watson says that he doesn't. That's my point. He's manipulative about it. He's not upfront about it. He says, "I would like to support black businesses. I would like to support black business." And hey, uh, you know, oh, because he was saying things like COVID. I can't use my actual team, masseuses and stuff. That's not the same as do you want the pipe? <laughs> this, think, it's a way uh, more manipulative know, I, I process. Seizing on seizing on th awkward things that a young man would say and having these conversations uh, with these people that he's uh, let's just assume that he's soliciting sex for pay from them. Yeah, let's like, assume. Seizing, seizing on awkward awkward things that he would say like I'm trying to support black owned businesses just what do you mean assume? Wait, also, why are we assuming? Exactly that's that was textual. That was textual evidence. So we're not going to assume that was like in text format. So we can just say that that's what he said. We don't need to do hypotheticals for things that are facts. Just remember that. So we don't need to assume here. We can actually just say that those are things that he said. And, and so it doesn't prove the point is that it doesn't prove anything. So does. Do you not use textual evidence to prove anything in court? Yeah, I do. I'm very good at it. Oh, so you do use textual evidence to prove things in court. I do. Okay, so now you just caught yourself in a little conundrum here because what you just said two seconds ago is now contradicting what you just said. No, it's not. Why would we make an assumption then if you're using textual evidence to prove things? <laughs> the question is what... Why would we assume that he didn't do those things if we have textual evidence? Because we'll use the textual evidence to prove that they happened. So no I, need to I, assume I, that I, it didn't. I'm not arguing with you that he sent the messages to say... You know, he's he's sending text messages to masseuses that he thinks he's going to be able to pay for sex. And he says, I'm supporting black businesses. It's just it doesn't prove that he's a rapist. It no, doesn't. I never said don't put words in my assault. mouth. Pete. Stop saying that I'm I'm sitting here saying that it proves he's a rapist. What I have said is that there needs to be a consequence. It's going to be a moral dilemma for us as a fan base. You never even asked me about. So, so don't be on the other end and put put words into my mouth. That's all I ask. I never said, well, he's a rapist and he's this, that. I said, there's a distinct pattern of behavior. I think it's compromising women. I don't think it's a good look. And I don't think that the pattern should continue. And yes, I do think that it sets a good example and a good message for him to take some accountability and a consequence. That's all I'm saying. So, so just go ahead and don't use language that 
that's putting me in a place that I didn't put myself. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, Peter, one, one last question. I appreciate your time on all of this. Sure. What, what do you expect the NFL to do with all of this? You know, you have two more allegations that came out today. Um, you've got everything now with the Texans seemingly buying hotel rooms and being involved in this. Um, you've got the Browns and their situation of what they believed at the time. And who knows what they believe now. Um, what do you expect the NFL and the Browns to do? What I expect anyone to do that, what I expect the NFL to do is to do any, is to do what anyone with illegitimate power over a situation does is split the baby. That's what I expect the NFL to do is to split. How many games, how many games is the split baby? Four to eight, I would say, at worst. I think if he gets anything worse than that, look, I think if he gets even, I think if he gets even a game, I think it's without any kind of criminal proceeding, without any kind of um, any kind of indictment. If he gets suspended for one game, I think it's a disaster. Um, it's very easy to see them suspending him for four to eight games, just because the the public has been so propagandized on this that they're just going to try to try to go halfway. Well, there is a collective bargaining process where it does give the power to the NFL that they can dish out some punishment. So if they feel that the the shield is being compromised in any way, as they famously say, they could dish it out. Even if even if to your point, if you believe that, you know, Deshaun Watson is completely innocent of all this, uh, it doesn't matter because the NFL can say, hey, we, we still want to dish out eight games. It looks bad for us. It looks bad for the shield. Right. I mean, in practicality. In practicality, yes, but you know the yeah. NFL still has to maintain a level of legitimacy to its process. I mean, this isn't a situation like Ray Rice where you have everything on video or Kareem Hunt. This is a situation where there's it's he said, she said evidence, and that is there's no violence at all. I mean, you you have a you know you you have a precedent where players who actually did engage in in violent conduct and are on. So it'd be very hard to see Deshaun getting any worse than that. The the worry that I have, just as a just as a citizen who believes in due process, um, is that you know they're gonna they're gonna try to send a message not just to Deshaun but to the Haslam's. And frankly, you know I criticize the Haslam's as much as anyone does. The fact that they have given Deshaun a second chance here, the fact that they went ahead and and bought in on him despite all of this hanging over him is really um, one of the most, it, it actually builds trust in them. It makes one of the first things that gives me hope in them that makes me think that maybe they've learned from their mistakes and God knows there's been plenty of them and that they maybe they're really digging deep and recognizing the excesses of their peers, such as the McNairs. And to see something like this happen, uh, orchestrated by a lawyer like Tony Busby, who has infinite resources to make something like this happen. And they say, you know what? This is wrong. We're standing up for this guy. Because even if you believe the worst of what they're saying about him, he doesn't deserve to be canceled for it. He doesn't deserve a fraction of the hell that he's gone through. He already missed a season of his career. Frankly, it's a crime if he misses one more seat, one, one more game. 
And so, you know, the, the Haslam's have stuck their neck out for this guy. And frankly, it's probably the most admirable thing they've done, at least in my opinion. And what I'm worried about is that the other NFL owners will be upset with the Haslam's for defending a player in this context. And that to look at this in the context of owners versus players, I just hope that the other owners, and of course, Roger Goodell works for the owners, um, don't retaliate against the Haslam's for this. And you know what? In the end, it's up to decent people. It's up to journalists. It's up to talking heads. It's up to citizens. And frankly, people who are independent from the corporate payroll to be calling out what's what on this and to say this doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense. And the fact is that even if you believe the worst of the allegations against Deshaun Watson, it doesn't add up that someone would have their entire career ruined because of these allegations, because of this story. And I will maintain, um, despite your co-host here's inability to believe it, that pro athletes paying prostitutes and masseuses uh, for sex is a common thing. And Deshaun had that table flipped on him at worst here. And to see what he's gone through as a result of that, look, um, maybe you can argue with his judgment. Maybe you can argue with his morals, uh, whatever else. But it doesn't come close to warranting the hell that this guy has been through. I any reasonable account of the facts. So, and, and I think two grand jurors have supported that. So, you know, I'm 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 not saying that I don't think that people don't pay for sex as professional athletes, but your idea that coaches groom college athletes to start on this trend is like a far reach for me. Yeah, we've we've covered all that. But Pete, uh, here's here's my question with everything going on in the news with Deshaun Watson. Are you are you and knowing that the NFL sometimes will rule with the court of public opinion with all of this stuff are are you surprised that deshaun hasn't spoken out at all i know he has the civil trials next year uh i think you've kind of laid those out he said she said it's very hard to win probably against him um are, are you surprised he's not saying anything to kind of try to clear this up as you've kind of done no, I'm not. I think his lawyer's been out there. I think that, you know, you're, you, you let you your should? lawyers handle this. Rusty Harden, Rusty Harden has been out in the press. I mean, he sure. did a tour a few weeks ago. I mean, my, my inbox was blowing up with, with uh, the things that he was saying. And then there was a counteroffensive right after that. I mean, the way that this is all being weaponized in the press, I mean, it tells you a lot. It tells you a lot just to see the timing, the coordination of these reports where you have real sports and New York Times and what's the other one um, all come out in the same week. And and it's just, OK, the guy was paying for sex. So you're going to are you going to are you going to cancel him for it? And and are you really going to take a look at, you know, you, you had owners doing this. You had Rob Kraft doing the same thing, Bob Kraft doing the same thing. And. And look, the disparity in the way these treated. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know. So, look, I will say this too: is that uh, that I've I've been encouraged, I've been inspired by the response that my posts have gotten. And and look, we have hardly gotten into it tonight, but I've broken down at my website that a lot of Busby's legal maneuvers just don't make any sense from a legal perspective. And these are cases that 
once you file them, they lose all their value. That most of the value in these cases is to just make them go away. So I think what there were there was a pro football talk uh, report, and there, I think there were some reports that he offered all of the accusers a hundred thousand dollars each, but he wanted the he wanted the settlement to be confidential. And then and then I guess some of the accusers, which I think is interesting, because I think this is something that Busby manipulates, or is definitely I can say this as a lawyer, he is in a position to manipulate. So think about this. Say that Deshaun was willing to pay 100000 to each of these accusers. That's chump change for him, right? But if you're a masseuse who's taken money for sex, that is a life-changing amount of money. It is an absolutely life-changing amount of money to get 100000 or even 70000 or 60000 or 50000 depending on what cut Busby was going to take. And... Deshaun was going to pay that because they, he wanted the, the Dolphins deal to go through. That ends up getting rejected because it needed to be an all or nothing deal. And now, so you get past that, you go into court on these claims, you go into court and you try to say that you that, that a jury of 12 people needs to sit there for a week because it's going to take at least that, even even if they did these all all at one time. And maybe some of them will be consolidated. And I, I admit I'm not that familiar with the docket. But you're asking citizens of your peers, 12, 12 or, or I guess in a civil case, at least in Ohio, it's eight jurors. And I don't know how many jurors you have in a civil case in Texas, but in Ohio, it's eight. And you have them sit down and hear about how you were a masseuse and you had Deshaun Watson come into your room and, oh, he made you, he, he asked you for sex and he, he was entitled and maybe he got a boner or something while he was in there. How much do you think a jury is going to give you? It's not $100,000. It's not reasonable to expect them to give you $100,000. And then you have Rusty Harden there doing his job and... That's part of what shows you that there's something else going on here. And, and look, I'm a plaintiff. I'm mostly a plaintiff's lawyer. I don't go into court on a case like that unless, I, unless there was some real harm done. Unless there was some real, unless there was some real abuse of, of, of power, some real, some real injury or some real public policy that, that needed to be vindicated. And just it's just very hard for anyone to articulate what that would be, especially in these cases where there's no physical contact. So I, and I said this at, at Cleveland Frowns in my posts, the most you would expect these cases to get, even if the jury liked your clients, even if the jury hated Deshaun, and frankly, I don't think that's going to be the case. Deshaun is always presented as a very likable, very respectable young man. And even if the jury believes these ladies, and again, let's just talk about the cases where there's no allegation of physical contact. He made them feel uncomfortable. He made them feel like he was going to do something. Are you sitting with eight members, a cross section of, of Texas citizens to imagine that they would award even, I mean, honestly, a lot of them would probably want to award zero just to send a message. But even if you can get past the zero, because people say, why are you wasting my time with this case? And even if you can get past the zero, 
and get them to get them to see there was a wrong to get them to award four figures, five figures, let alone mid five figures or high five figures. It's very difficult. So so that's what raises questions about ulterior motives going on here. So it's and, and again, these look and and. I appreciate the debate here, and I know that we got heated. I got heated with with your co-host. Yeah, and, and I don't and, know what you mean by this whole last part, but I'll I'll dissect it later. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But look, in the end, in the end, I do agree that we do have to decide who are we going to support as fans and why. Yeah, the and only thing that we're saying, I just think it's weird that you bring up should he be canceled or or he's called a rapist or this or that. First of all, he's not going to be canceled. We've already seen. Like, I think he's being canceled. He's tough enough to take a, a window of 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 Twitter hate, but I I mean. As it happens, know. a lot of these athletes still have careers after things like this happen. The the, the thing at hand, and we, I guess we never there's laid been it out nothing clearly. Like this. There's so, been let's, let's be clear. There's been nothing like this campaign where against there's, John Watson. There's never been an athlete who was featured in the Washington Post as being a new voice for social justice, upsetting the balance of power between players and owners. And then all of a sudden, a trickle of sex assault allegations come in that are, that are all represented by the same lawyer who's the neighbor with the owner of the team that this player is creating a problem. That has never happened. So let's not pretend like this has ever happened before. There's never been anything. Well, like there's that. never there's usually never. I mean, I can't think of things where they're all the same, though. There's all kinds of similar situations than this, but they're not all going to be the same circumstances with the same variables. I think that's how would we. So that's a weird thing Name to one assume anyway. In NFL history. Name one player in NFL history. What about the Penn State coach who assaulted multiple young men? That's multiple. So remember, I'm talking about repeated patterns of behavior. Jerry Sandusky? Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a I'm second. I'm talking about repeated patterns of behavior. You're, I don't know what point you're trying to make that we've never seen something of this nature. We Well, not all of them are going to look the same. It doesn't mean that, that these things – that have happened are all morally correct. Cause at the end of the day, what we're talking about is not, you know, Oh, no one here on this podcast said he should get canceled or he should be uh, a rapist. I don't know. I've only spoken for myself, so I don't know who you're beating to hell about it. But all I've said is I think I'll tell you who I'm beating. To hell I, I, I think that people are just looking at, all right, we have some decisions to make from a moral standpoint as a fan base. I think he should have some accountability. It'd be really cool if, if he made some real efforts to, you know, take accountability. Maybe he won't, whatever. But we're just saying that the the materializing a consequence, taking accountability, that's a good look as a leader for the face of our franchise. Nobody here said, well, he should be canceled forever. Or he should never play a game. We're saying that, well, we should really take, we should really take the repeated pattern of behavior seriously, because if we don't, we're really, really, really doing a disservice to lots of people who have been victimized maybe not to the same degree because like we're saying okay maybe not all of this was criminal maybe not we really don't know it's a he said she said it's really tough but but i will say if you if you dance with it wrong it sets a really dangerous precedent also for for real victims of of real bad situations is is my point so you, so i don't you, know who you're you beating are- i don't know i don't know who you're beating to hell about like here, let, let, let me tell you, let me tell you, like you, you say you're not trying to cancel Deshaun Watson. I'm looking at a column in the New York Times by a man named Kurt Streeter. 
and it's dated June 9th, 2022. This man is trying to cancel Deshaun Watson, and he's doing it in the New York Times, and it's one of the most shameful columns I've ever seen. And frankly, what, what he's saying in this column echoes a lot of what you have said here. So maybe, maybe you're saying that, you know, you don't want to cancel him, but this guy, I can give you a quote for him. This guy's, this guy's saying he doesn't think Watson should ever play in the league again. All right. So for, from the, from the beginning of the advent of the internet, from the beginning of the advent of the internet, Pete, from the beginning of the advent of the internet, people have been saying shock value opinions and those will continue and people will still have careers after. So just so, so, so have your opinion on that column, but that, but it's also a fact that shock value and damning opinions have been sprawled on the internet for ages and will continue to do so. And it, it's not going to ruin everybody's career because we've we've also seen that a There's lot of these more, athletes pick up and they still have great careers. So that's the know, reality. The only of it. comparison so far was Jerry Sandusky, which I think says a lot. This no, case is, okay. This, Who? Really, all right, right, all right. Then, then pause. Give me thirty. Okay, then let's look. Let's evaluate some other athletes. Kobe Bryant still had a career after his rape case. Um, Jameis Winston, he got into some trouble. Even Johnny Manziel still played and had some of a career after whatever he went through. Um, Kareem Hunt, and I guess it all varies because contrary to what you said, yeah, we're not going to have – it's it's a given. We're not going to have all cases that are the exact same. So I think it's weird to say, oh, this is a case we've never seen. Yeah, they're all – like how are we all – if you line them all up and, and write them down on a piece of paper, they're all going to have different variables, different teams, different organizations, different colors, different uh, players. You know, it's it's not – yeah, that's a given. So, so I don't know why you're saying in jest, like, well, we have never, well, actually, we yeah, that's, we that's we the, never, that's we, the common we, denominator we've never because never we're not seen anything like this in history. We've never seen a young black quarterback with the star power that Deshaun Watson had, who was exercising his dissenting voice as powerfully as Deshaun Watson wait, was. Wait, wait, That's one thing. I will stop you once again, Pete. What did he do? How did he exercise his voice? Yeah. Again, I, 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 again. I still I know what knows. His voice you, in a way know. That, you keep that saying so that he powerful, did this. this, this was powerful. So powerful. Again, look, look at the, it was so powerful that the Washington. That nobody Post knows. It was so powerful, but that you don't know that. We I don't, don't put Colin Kaepernick knows. and him that's in the same sentence. That's the biggest stumbling I have with this whole thing that I don't understand what he did. Like Colin Kaepernick, like, okay. Yeah. There's something I could point to. Okay. I get that. As soon as you say Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. I know what he did. Deshaun Watson. You keep saying, well, he did this thing. And I'm like, what did he do? <laughs> what did he do? He was speaking out, Chris. He spoke he was, out, and he spoke out so loudly that nobody, nobody knows, knows about said. it. That's I, and I, I think that's where it, it kind of falls down for me. Well, I mean, why do you think that? Why do you think the Washington? You think the Washington Post is pulling this out of thin air? Do you think the Washington Post is pulling this out of thin air when they write a post that says Deshaun Watson is taking a stand against disingenuous NFL? Well, that's where, as a critical reader, I would look at it and I'd say, okay. According Why? to you, lots of journalists well, pull things that? out of thin air. Yeah, I mean, they, you, come on, Pete. You're, 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 you're a critical reader. You, you think the same thing. A player awakening that owners should acknowledge and respect rather than trivialize the men. And what is it? For. Even what just saying he's leaving, Chris. Even, even just saying he's leaving. Imagine if Deshaun Watson left after signing that contract. Your whole argument they're is based on one article no time. one's read. 
to be fair. I, I don't know about that. Anyway, I, I don't want to get too caught up on that. That was just something that strikes me. I mean, that's kind of the, the crock of this whole thing. And I'm still trying to figure out what that is. And no one's been able to tell me what that is that he did. Well, he was forcing his way out of town. I think right? we know he was that. forcing his way out of town, which happens all the time. Ah. Well, I, th- I think it was he was forcing his way out of town because he had a racist owner. Okay. I think that's all that it was. So we're adding things, but but what did he? Oh. I, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly he did. I understand that the talk was that he was forcing his way out of town, and, and everybody makes it sound like he did this one thing that was so big that he said this. He took this stance, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that is other than forcing the way out. But anyway, we've kept you way too long, Peter. I really appreciate the conversation here tonight. I th- I thought it was fantastic. Uh, got a lot out on the table. Dave, I'll, I'll let you kind of put your last piece on it. Anything you'd like to say? Anything you'd like to promote here? Oh, me? I'm sorry. <laughs> Pete, it's been a long night already. Give me a little bit of a break here. Yeah, Pete, I'm talking no. to you. I, I referenced Dave. No, here's what I would like to promote. I would like to promote you guys. I would like to promote independent media and people just having honest, difficult conversations about this subject. That's what and, we can agree on right there. Yeah, and, and just unfiltered. Look, I didn't come on here with a script. I'm, I, got a, I got a million things to do. I'm not like, <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, you want Deshaun Watson to hire him? Like, I don't have time to work for Deshaun Watson. I came on here because Dave, Dave and Chris, you know, I, I, Dave's one of my old friends. Chris, we've been following each other for for years now and you guys wanted to have me on and Chris, you know, you're, you guys sending my, my link out got, you know, ended up getting a lot of steam and a lot of people, I think just sense that what we're being fed by the mainstream media just isn't accounting for everything. So, no, that's, that's really what I want to promote. I would, you know, people want to go to my website and read my thoughts on this. Like, frankly, the last thing my law partners would tell you, the last thing I should be doing is, promoting my football website but um <laughs> yeah go read that and that's where I'm, I'm putting it out there and i'm putting it out there because i care about justice i care about the truth and i hate to see you know even if deshaun watson did some questionable things or some things that maybe don't fit to traditional judeo-christian criminal doesn't and it certainly doesn't warrant a fraction of what he's been what, what he's suffered right now and Frankly, I think there's there's just uh, too many reasons to be suspicious of the owner class versus the player class or the laborer class that and, and you're not going to have those questions raised in the corporate media. So I'm glad you guys and, and look, hey, you guys do numbers here, too, but you guys have a degree of independence that I appreciate. That's why I'm here. I'm speaking unfiltered. I've got my Revere High School mug full of beer <laughs> and Go um, Minutemen. I went there freshman year, by the way. Well, that's I a small Revere. I, I lived in Bath. Yeah, I lived in Bath, went to Revere freshman year before I moved down to Granville, Ohio. So, well, I appreciate the hell out of it. And, um, you know, I appreciate that we could lock horns here. And, yeah. Uh, I appreciate the open conversation. I think we need more of that because people are going to be their own critical readers. And, and the important thing is to see multiple sides, to hear, to have that marketplace of ideas for us to form our own our own opinions about truth. And that's, that's valuable. So interactive dialogue is super valuable. And we appreciate you coming on. Likewise. Thank you. All right. People tacos. Thanks buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Dave. Thanks man. Take care. I am 
That's it is still have a 10 30. It is bedtime. Do we still have a contestant? Are we doing that tonight? Oh, I don't man. know if they were here and they left or they just never showed up, but no, I think we call it at that. Yeah. Right, Chris? Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Woo! Gab, you sweating? I'm sweating over here. Gab was Gab. You... I didn't go to law school, but I'll say this, yep. like Do you want to uh, it's it's scary to have words put in your mouth. That's the only scary part of arguing with a lawyer. Because if you didn't say something and have someone giving you an attack that uh, uh, on the grounds of something you never said, it's a little un uneasy. But other than that, I think it's fine to to have. He should have his points, and we should evaluate these points, and all of yeah. us should have an open mind to evaluating those points. And at yeah. the end of the day, it's you know you you draw your own conclusions. But it the thing is, it all points should be heard. So. From a victim standpoint, then we should hear that too. We shouldn't be offended by it. We should we should be open minded to to seeing all sides, all voices. So, how many games is Deshaun Watson going to be suspended? Gab, I was I was going to ask Pete for for a record prediction at the end of that. You know, I don't know. I think I think to Pete's point, actually, I mean, it has gotten enough steam that maybe they do want to send a message, but I don't think they go power. They go full Bauer and take him out for the year. Um, but I don't know if it would be full Bauer. I really can't say. I don't know. Um, Bauer's was a lot worse. And so what Pete is saying is correct in that what's been documented, some of it is really messed up. It's out of the norm. It's not normal. And it's not right. fair to expect that some women just expected that or thought that that was going to yeah. happen or that it was consensual. So I do think it's it's not good behavior. It's not the same as beating someone up when they're unconscious. So um, that's that was the whole point I was making. So many of these are the first of their kind. So Amazing. many of them are different. They're all different. They're all new. We've never seen even a Bauer situation. The closest thing we've seen to that is Ray Rice, and that's not the same situation. So I don't know. Um, maybe, shoot, maybe not a full season, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I'll tell you one, one thing on that, too, and one of his, his main points there was kind of like everybody else is doing it, <laughs> which I did have an issue with. And, and you, you harped on it several times, but that, that, uh, that really resonated with me having kids like, like just cause everybody else is doing it doesn't mean you could do it. And, uh, that's <laughs> and we shouldn't, why do we have to make that the norm? He, he brought up religion, exactly. like, Oh, just because that's, it's not Christian exactly. morals. Well, nobody here is saying, no, we don't even have to bring Christian into it. It's just about being a decent person. And what message are we going to send to our kids about being role models? We should just assume that, hey, this is the norm and it's going to, and we should just make it the norm. No, because if we make that the norm and we say that it's okay and we send that message, it is likely to get dangerous. The more we know about the cycle of these repeated patterns of behavior where a lot of it is misconduct or abuse, They'll tell you in any trends, the cycle abuse, the longer it ha goes on, the worse it gets. I know it's 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 really negative to say that no one can change. I'm not saying that, but we but there are very strong trends that people who have been thinking and behaving in entitled and abusive or perpetrating misconduct ways, it takes a lot for them to change because that's how they get their their wants and their they don't have a reason to change. That's how they get all their needs met. 
So that's just the reality of it. Some of the the thing is he's so well versed in in law and and the legal jargon, and that's great. And and looking at it from proven guilty, but that's that's awesome. I think what has happened is justice so far. You know, if 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 it wasn't if it wasn't that much of a uh, a crime, then it didn't get to criminal you know punishment. But the the point still is. We still need to look at the fact that if there's a repeated pattern of this type of behavior, do we want to just tell our kids like, yeah, that's what they do. That's just the, that's, you know. Well, right. Right. I'm saying eight games, eight games. They're going to suspend them for eight games. That way they can say it's just less than half the season. Yeah, maybe. Dave, I, think I think it's going to be either zero games or it's going to be a full season. Wow. Not all or nothing. Because all I really nothing. don't think you're going to please anyone with four games or six games or, or even eight games. I, I think that I, I don't know if it'll actually happen, but I think that's the way it should go is they should say, listen, he, he's clearly not the worst guy in the NFL. There's plenty of guys worse than him. Um, and he, he didn't do anything criminal. Um, he's going to get zero or I could see the other Maybe. way, <laughs> the other, the other side of it. I think they could say what Gab's saying is that he's, he has this pattern. He needs more consequences than just getting, you know, dragged through the coals and on the internet. And he needs, because it's going to send a message to other players too. And it's setting the tone for what behavior is yeah. going to be tolerated yeah, from I, everyone else too. I think the thing that was lost in that conversation with Pete is that, like to your point, he he clearly was manipulative in these DMs. And there's I don't it, probably not all of these women, but I think that there's definitely a couple of them who had no idea who thought they were going to promote his their business. And he's there and he was super creepy and they got freaked out by it. And I, I think that definitely probably probably happened. Yeah, uh, I just think it's a dangerous precedent to start minimizing that type of behavior because then now yeah. we got a slippery slope. We're going to minimize and justify and minimize. It's like that's how perpetrators repeat. So yep. it is dicey. Yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of kind of moving parts to it. So you've got Pete's whole side with the whole ownership and it's a smear campaign. And then you've got what Deshaun actually did and sent text messages. and no one's ever going to really know because like Pete said, like you said, it's, he said, she said, it's two people in a room. We're never going to know. And that's honestly why Chris and I haven't really talked about this much is that we're, we're not going to get like an actual concrete evidence based conclusion to this, right. which, which I think people realize. So it's going to be the NFL. What are they going to do? Um, and <laughs> we're still here waiting. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. And, you know. I don't think he's going to be canceled, though. It's just about doing no. the right thing in the moment. I really think he'll have a career just like so many other people who've done some other athletes who've done some messed up stuff. They still have careers. I don't think he has to worry about that. Well, and I think your example that you brought up was really good with just Kobe because nobody, nobody. Yeah, nobody talks about it. Nope. Kobe in those those terms and I'll bring it up to my kids every once in a while you know when they talk about Kobe and I'll say hey there's this other part about Kobe too so but in any case this was quite a show I will tell you yes. 
hour and a half, very heavy subjects. Hopefully, hopefully at some point we're going to have some sort of a resolution here and, uh, and get back to talking some football. Cause I know long, long obviously these are seven. very important things and things that we're going to be dealing with the rest of our lives, you know, and this stuff never, never seems to end, unfortunately. And that's why the work that you're doing Gab out there and our schools and everything is so important. Um, but for, for us, you know, sports are a diversion as well. And so it'd be nice to, for sports to find that rightful place again. Right. <laughs> I, I think they, they, they serve that, that very well around my household and I'd, I'd like to get closer to that that space. <laughs> we can all agree there. <laughs> That's right. All right, I am spent. How about you guys? Yes. Take us out, Dave. I'm sweaty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in to the Big Play Reflog Show. We will see you guys next Monday night, 9 p.m. Huge shout out to all of our sponsors. We will see you then. Have a great night. It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed, heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Reflux Show!